G'day everyone and welcome to the 10th episode of From the Spot. Uh, as per the usual, we're going to cover all things football following game week seven of the Premier League. Boys, 10 episodes. It's been a long time. How are we all going? I'm actually surprised we made it this far. I thought it yeah. was going to be <laughs> way before this. <laughs> no, it's, it's, a, it's a day of recording, so it's, uh, it's a public holiday. It's a Monday. I've been looking forward to this recording all day. We've had to wait on a couple of people, but we won't, we won't mention that at all, will we? Kimmy, how's your, how's your public holiday been so far? Yeah, it's been good, man. Um, there's not much happening at the moment. And I tell you what, these the um, daylight savings time oh. change has really mucked me around, especially with these earlier games. Um, I'll be in bed early tonight. Uh, Dylan, you've had a birthday, mate, since our last recording. How was it? You know what, Kim? It was all right. Even though it was in lockdown, it was um, it was pretty chill. Uh, didn't get to do that much. Um, did a bit the day after though. Went for a bit of a hit of the ball, playing a bit of golf. Went fishing today. Sorry, boys, I'm a bit late today, but um, caught a flatty, so I'll be able to feed the family. Um, no, it was a good weekend. Good weekend, boys. Keen to be back. We'll uh, we'll lead into the the game week. United Everton, like previous weeks, my only. Game notes for United where Oli is a dumbass. That was it. That were my only game notes for, for United. I'll start off with Everton, though, because I think that despite having a team that was low on quality, they really stuck together and, and took it to us. And, and you know, like, fair play to, to Rafa Benitez because they played phenomenal. For a team that, that was missing four first-team starters to go and take go to Old Trafford and take it to us, it was, it was impressive to watch at the very least. Yeah, yeah, you, you've exactly said it, Jaden. But my notes as well is what the hell, Ollie, and well done, Everton, because um, as you said, their, their team was nowhere near their strongest eleven that they've been playing with the last recent weeks. And I thought they were they were threatening for most of that ninety. They had a few lapses sort of here and there, which United did well to pounce on. But um, yeah. when they had their moments, they were dangerous and. They, you, you could say they deserve the three points there. What was Tom Davies doing? Oh, what was you Tom, to Tom Davies doing? Yeah. You have to hit there, honestly. Still, mate, I know we're, um, we're very vocal advocates of, of Ollie out in most recent weeks, especially. Uh, what was your take on the game? My take on the game. My take on the game was that we had. We had a team coming at us for the whole 90 minutes. They did not stop once. Everton did really well. But Ollie should have been more aware that they had less play. They didn't have their like four starting players in their lineup. And he really should have played a lot stronger team. So we could have get, got that W because those three points would have been huge for us. Especially because our form at Old Trafford has been really poor lately. Yeah. I mean, like we lost, we lost to, to Aston Villa. We, I think we even lost to Young Boys. No, it was at Young Boys. We barely beat Villarreal. So, I mean, it's not – we haven't been the, the great – like I said in the Champions League episode, it's not a fortress no more. And it just seemed like Oli, when he announced the team lineup, it just seemed like he was saying to the critics, like, no, I'm in charge. I know what's best. And It definitely it, doesn't. It didn't pan out that way. Fred and McTominay were poor yet again. McTominay's been poor since coming back from his groin injury. Martial looked okay, but without, without Ronaldo up front, Sancho looked lively once he came on, but – it just seems like Bruno's got Bruno's had less of a role to take on lately, and then to have to take on that role of the superstar yet again, he, he just seemed out of his depth a little bit, like he wasn't ready to carry the load. Yeah, he um, yeah, Bruno um, he definitely looked like 
a lot more lively in this game, as you said, Jaden. He um he definitely had to step up because he didn't have Ronaldo there to help him out. But um I really feel like Eddie Eddie Cavani. He's um he's good there. I really like watching him play. He does a lot of movement. He likes like at one stage I've seen him actually in our back line trying to win the ball, and he did win the ball. But it's really good to see that we can put a striker in there that can give a shift, and then we have the likes of Ronaldo to put on after to try and score a goal. But um. Not starting Ronaldo, what are you doing? Yeah, like, it's I that thought, simple. I thought, like you said, Dylan, I think it's a, it's definitely going to be a confidence booster for Martial moving forward. Um, but I think, like, I get that, fully get that Ronaldo is 30, like 36, is he, Jaden? Yeah, 36. Um, yeah, I, I fully get that Ronaldo is 36. And I fully understand that obviously we're in these European competitions now as well. So, We've got the cup too. So, you know, there's there's a lot of back-to-back games for these teams. But Ronaldo's Ronaldo. Like, he, he's a bionicle, mate. Like, if if he plays three days before, he's fine. Start him. If he needs to come off at 60, 70 minutes, take him off. I know. Yeah, 100%. At least if you start him, you've got a good chance of going two, three up before you even have to take him off. And I was looking back at the games that we played and, you know, obviously we, we won pretty convincingly against Leeds and, and Newcastle. But even those those games were on a knife edge till a couple moments of brilliance turned it around. We haven't had a dominant game this season. Like every game has been really, really close. It just doesn't quite make any sense as to why why you would when you've got a chance to go and really take a game and, and turn fans in your favor, you don't take that opportunity. And that and that was the opportunity, I think, for Ollie at home to Everton. Yeah. Um, especially with the side that Everton put out. Now, Jerry, you mentioned these individual um, brilliance, these moments of individual brilliance. Now, yeah. um, definitely not a moment of brilliance, but an individual role. I'm um, talking about the Everton goal they scored with Fred yeah. in the middle. So me personally, um, me watching that goal back, I just think if I'm Fred, put me in, and, and full disclaimer, I might come to a surprise, but I'm not a Premier League player. <laughs> <laughs> um, mate, if I'm in his shoes... I'm looking to that to the left and I'm seeing how outnumbered we are going to be on that counter. I'm just going to bring Bray down. Yeah. Yeah. He, did, uh, he didn't even get there in time either. He could have got there, but he was too slow to react to the first ball yeah. in the first place. And if you're too slow to react, you've got to just take him there. hundred percent. Especially off, it was, you'd almost say that when they scored that, it was against the run of play. I mean, United were camped up that end. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to stick a leg out. I'm going to grab him by the shirt. I'll cop a yellow, whatever. But I really think that Fred has to do better there. He even had two bites at the cherry. Yeah, he did. Yeah. And and Gray's, Gray's probably 50 kilos ringing wet, mate. <laughs> <laughs> if that, mate. If that. Oh, it was um it was good to see Sancho though, I thought, before we move on, real uh, I just thought that he was he was lively when he came on. How about the celebration, Jaden? The um the Townsend celebration. I don't care what you say, like you can't go, you can't do that right. That was obviously the shit housery. I love it. I live for it, right? Like even Mo, like watching Mope is so fun because it's, it's so funny to watch. But to go afterwards and say, "Oh yeah, he's my idol. I always wanted to do it." That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I was actually I was actually just about to say that. It's um, it, you know, in the moment, it literally it looked like a mockery for sure. Hundred percent. Looked said, like he was taking the piss out of it. Yeah, exactly. And then obviously he came out um after the game and and. Mind you, gave an awesome post-match uh, interview. 
Um, but and yeah, obviously said, oh, you know, Ronaldo is my my idol. Um, it's just great to share a picture. My, I think he's covering his own ass. There. Oh, it doesn't make any sense, like, bro. Come on, just just say yeah. I just wanted to do it in front of Ronaldo. No one's yeah, gonna blame you. <laughs> yeah, that's that's. I think that's enough about United, please. Well, I'm gonna put us into the um the biggest game of the week in my my belief. Um, City Liverpool, boys. What an absolute cracker we've had here. I really think it's um upsetting for City fans that first half. They really, if they had a dominant striker, I feel like they could have definitely got a lot more goals and and possibly put City in the lead before half time. I think even without the striker they they had before we get Kemi's opinion, obviously being a City supporter, um, I think that even without a striker they looked very very threatening and. And Phil Foden had a couple good chances to score. And if it wasn't for Allison being as good of a keeper as he was, it definitely could have been 2 0 before halftime. Like, what a run that was from Bernardo Silva. And that wasn't even the best run of the game, right? Like, if, if he gets that assist, we're looking at two moments of equal brilliance right there. Like, it was, yeah. it was good to see them in the first half take it to, to Liverpool. And I mean, what is Hendo doing? He was a fraud amongst men there on that pitch, honestly. Like, even Milner, a right back. Right, you can understand that because we've got no training center Arnold. He was he was doing a decent job against a very, very influential Phil Foden. And well, uh, I'm gonna have to sorry, Jaden, I'm gonna have to jump in here and disagree with you there. What I feel like no, with Milner, with Milner, because oh. he was so out of position in so many times when City went down that left flank and when Foden got on the ball, Milner was caught out of position and drawed Matif out wide, and that's when they got those balls into the box and looked really dangerous. I don't know if you guys caught that or not. But it was very obvious for me being an old centre-back. I, I agree because he was very narrow in terms of of um, what the... Like, for a right-back, you shouldn't be that narrow, and that's how they scored the goal. Um, but, I mean, I don't think it was necessarily his fault. He's never played as a right-back, and I know he's obviously uh, can be used in multiple positions. But, I mean, as a makeshift right-back against a very, very young mobile Phil Foden. I think I thought he did okay. I thought he well, did okay. Do you reckon that's where um what's the name? Klopp should um do you reckon he should put Simicas there at right back? No. Because I no? No. Only left he's, he's only got a left nah. foot mate. Yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> All right. Uh well enough of our opinion, Dill, because we are a little biased for United fans. Uh Kemi mate, as a city supporter, um I'm a, I know you would have got up for it. How how pleasing was it to see that that you played so well against another title contender yet again? Well, first of all, can I just say, what's a guy got to do to get asked about his own teammate? I mean, you guys have been talking for half an hour and no one you know, asked you what You know you're going to rattle about it, mate. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's a great point at Anfield, obviously. Any team that goes to Anfield and leaves, leaves with anything is, is, is good. Um. I think probably the biggest thing out of this game was that it was a game of two halves for Liverpool. They were very yeah. poor through the middle in the first 45. I think that's probably the worst performance in the middle of the park this season for Klopp's side. Disappointing for them at home, obviously. But um, and, and you're right, Jaden, if it wasn't for Alison Becker, we should have probably yeah. been 2-0 up at halftime. I definitely agree with what you're saying. I thought... Um, the, the wide defenders did exceptionally well with what City threw at them. Yeah, um, great. Yeah, yeah. Um, look, there's there's a few things. I think I think Milner should have been sent off, and I know that every, every Liverpool fan around the world is going, no, nah, no way, it's it's not, it's not. A yeah, second, that's simulation. 
Um, I mean, I, I comfortably say that as Milner as an as an ex City player, I think he should have been sent off. But um, Rodri at the end of the game, wow, oh, wow, what a, what a block, mate! Imagine trying to show you your your kids that being like he didn't score from this. There's <laughs> actually a there's actually a freeze frame, Jenna, that yeah, what you're saying. Um, the freeze frame of when Fabinho first got the ball, yeah. and it's like there's no one around him for meters. Like it's 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 back of the net for all money. I, I, I don't know how he got a leg to it, mate. Honestly, it's, I mean, if if you, you talk about those sorts of games and you think, right, does this have a long-term effect on the season? I mean, a tackle mm. like that, it could have a long-term effect of, of what's going to happen, you know, once we hit week 30. But, um, yeah, have to wait and see. It's was, it was, it was definitely a good point to take away from Anfield. Yeah, yeah no, well, 100%. And I think that, sorry, Dil, before you go on, I think that... um. On a on a, uh, a pitch that, that featured Salah, Mane, De Bruyne, Rodri, Bernardo Silva, so many world class players, Virgil Van Dijk. I think for me the the best player on the pitch, and I obviously don't want to get on the hype train too much, but Phil Foden was phenomenal. He was a class above everyone else on the pitch today for me. He was involved in everything City were doing. Got a goal that was great finish, and I I think that he really took advantage of of uh, James Milner. Like we said, he was okay, but like. Phil Foden has to, for me, right? And I don't want, I don't want to say this and have you guys think that Kemi and Dill agree with me, because they might not. But I think that um, Phil Foden has to be in the the Haaland and Mbappe conversation because he's that good. I think if he was in a different team um, where De Bruyne isn't the main man, he'd be lighting it up, honestly. Well, against a really strong Liverpool side, well, well, they don't really have that good of a midfield at the moment. But he absolutely dominated me. He he was making those real good bursts, like getting in behind. It was, it was really good to watch. And he was taking the ball to the defenders as well. It was really good to see Jack Grealish sort of step off and let him have that room to play with. It was really good to see that as Grealish sort of dropped in as a more creative role and let Foden get in behind. I really like that. But um, in this, this is a huge game, right? Because at halftime, nil all, Liverpool looking like absolute ass. Klopp has taken them in there. He, he ran into the change room. And I could imagine what he said because whatever happened, whatever he did say, those Liverpool players came out with so much more confidence and a lot more just want. They wanted it. It looked good. Yeah, like I said, Dylan, I was a, if you're a Liverpool supporter, that's a game of two halves because they're completely new look in that second period. And Mo Salah, he has got to be the most informed player in the Prem at the moment and possibly yeah. the world after the numbers that he's putting up. I mean, that goal, uh, like Jaden said, that it's just a, it's a game of, for the dribblers, right? Like, you saw it all through the 90, but, yeah, Salah is just untouchable at the moment. I mean, every time he got the ball, I'm screaming, someone chop him, someone chop him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, didn't he get an assist and a goal? Actually. Yeah, he did get an assist and a goal. He set up Mane. It was a great run. Yeah. He it done was, it twice. It but, like, Bernardo Silva was just – I think that actually got to the point where Bernardo Silva was just – just like constantly back there on Salah every single time we got the ball, and it didn't make a difference because I think we we have to mention it. But that that run that he that he went on before he scored that goal is, I think the commentator even said um, it's it's something you'd see off the PlayStation. Like you could only do that with con, like PlayStation controller sticks, and it's true. Like I I've never seen a player you know other than than Bernardo Silva in that first half that went on that type of run and then finished with a goal. It was it was surreal, honestly. I found it really funny that Bernardo put um put um Virgil Van Dyke on the on his backside in that run too. 
That was, that was a little bonus. That was, that was hilarious to watch. I love that. Yeah, it's good. It's good when um Liverpool Liverpool players screw up because it's always good to to tease it. Our Liverpool fans, they they talk so much smack. They do all of them. Right. Every single one of them. Yeah. Well, I think I think that's that's enough on probably like you said, do the biggest game of the week. Um, I'd like to move on to to Chelsea Southampton because. Uh, I think it was an interesting game. You know, we, we talked recently about how, how good Southampton have been uh, as a team and especially against the top opposition, taking it to them. And I think that they didn't play too bad. Like, for a Chelsea side that is as strong as they are, they played decently. I thought they took it to them. Probably unlucky to to maybe not have an extra goal. I thought they had a couple of, couple of chances they maybe could have taken if they had uh, a more clinical finisher. And I, I'll tell you what, boys. That Livermento, he looks like a real star at that right wing back. He is killing it. I think that the in the future, if there's no injuries, I don't see why he can't go on to be one of the best right backs in the world. And I, I am hyping up a lot at the moment. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a massive call for a um, a young a young kid at Southampton. But I mean, Gareth Bale's out of that system. Theo Walcott, mm-hmm. all, all proven players in the in the Premier League. So half the Liverpool team. Yeah, yeah, after Liverpool team, that's so true. Um, no, you're right, John. He had, he had an outstanding game. Um, although sometimes his side did go a little bit dry mm. uh, with the ball, not too much in attack. But but when there was, he was he was involved. Uh, won the penalty, obviously. Yeah. Um, if you look at the Chelsea side, it's def- definitely a different approach that Tuchel's taken as opposed to the, the City game in the Premier League and then the Champions League game against Juve. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they were much better taking the ball on into the final third. They, they created a lot. They're probably unlucky only to score the three, but that's not taking anything away from Southampton because if if you looked at their performance and you, you took that in sort of bits and pieces of 10 minutes, you'd think, well, how did this team concede three anyway? Yeah, 100%. And I mean, like, I it was good to see Ruben Loftus-Cheek in action, of course. Uh, it's been a while since we've seen him. And I think he played pretty well for um, someone that ha- hasn't seen that much game time. Like, he was pretty influential in that first half, especially. And like you said, Kemi, like, it, he's gone for a different approach in, in, like, most of the three games that he's played. I think that the, he's rotating a little too much, in my opinion. And I think it might cost him in the long run in terms of, of going for a title in the Champions League. Like, I think last year when he stuck to his guns, that they looked their best. And I think that, like... Yeah. It's hard to it's hard because he's a world class manager, so I can't quite criticize him like I can Ollie, for example. But I do think he's rotating the squad a little too much. Still, mate, did you did you manage to catch his game live or did you watch it back? No, I watched it back, man. Um, it was a good game though, really good game. Um, it was really tight actually until James Ward Prowse got the red card. I feel like that really opened up the floodgates for Chelsea yeah. with um. And I reckon Werner's finding his form again, boys. He um he could he had a goal and could have got a double too, but that got disallowed. Um, I reckon the system with him and Lukaku, it's really it really works well for Werner more than it does Lukaku because Lukaku likes to drag the players away, and Werner has so much more space and freedom to be able to pick up the ball and get on a goal. And he's put two balls in the back of the net. When's the last time we've seen that in a game? Like. It's crazy. Yeah, exactly. For for a striker that seems to struggle with his form in front of goal, it was it was good to see him back in the eleven. And I think you're exactly right, Dylan. I think it does more for 
for Werner than it does for Lukaku. But Werner was great. He was electric that mm. whole that whole time. He was buzzing around the right areas. Um, he yeah, he was he was constantly threatening. Um, Jaden. I know yeah. I've spoken about it a few times. Uh, Chilwell's back in the lineup. Mm. Um, what did you make of that as opposed to Marcus Alonso? Because Alonso's obviously had a brilliant start to the yeah, season. Yeah, he's had a brilliant start. Um, what did you make of Chilwell? I mean, obviously he got the goal. What did, what did you make of his overall performance? That was, that was a good goal, by the way. It was some volley. Um, to get that on target, I don't know if you lifted his leg that high, honestly. Great technique. It was great technique. Knee over the ball and everything. Uh as for how he played, I thought he played okay. Um, I mean, for like, like, I think he got pinned back a bit when when Southampton didn't get the ball to Livermento. Um, and I think did Chua get the pen away? Yeah, he did. Yeah, I think yeah. he did. It was a bit unfortunate because it was really good from Livermento. Livermento, sorry, going forward. I think he offers a different dynamic to Marcus Alonso. Yeah, for sure. Uh, he's got a bit more pace than Marcus Alonso, and and it, for me. His crosses are slightly on the mark a bit more. But for Marcus Alonso, he offers more of an aerial threat. Uh, defensively, he's a little bit short up, a little bit more than Chilwell, in my opinion. And and his free kicks and his corners are always better than Chilwell, Chilwell's, um, despite Chilwell getting, I think he got the assist for the first goal. Or he, Ruben Loftus-Cheek flicked it on. But I think that Marcus Alonso and Chilwell are a good dynamic uh, duo, in my opinion. And, and Tuchel, Tuchel's got a... A nightmare on his hands because either way, um, they're going to have a good option on that left. It just depends on what you need for the game, in my opinion. Exactly. I would say that it's not a nightmare. I'd say it's like paradise. It's, um, he's got two different left backs that he can play in two different type of games. So I reckon it works in his favour. It sucks for the players that they don't get... That's what I mean. Like yeah, he's got to try and um, like keep them happy. Yeah, 100%, man. But um, if he can work with them, talk to them, and let them know that they're going to be used for certain games and they both get equal amount of game time, they could be happy or they could want to go to another club. But, but what, in this case, for Tuchel, I reckon it's good for him. But what if he says that, right, and then he starts Chilwell and Chilwell goes on an absolute blinder and gets eight assists in five games? Then Mike Stones is going to be like, well, you said I was going to play. And yeah, then so- yeah, so I think this is the um, – we've had a similar conversation a few times. Um, this is the problem with teams with all of this depth, right, is that you have these great players that can step mm. in and, and do a job, just like Dylan said, uh, and you, Jaden, two different dynamics of whatever the job the two shall need. Um, it's – I mean, it, it's great for Tuchel, but player management it would really test um, – I mean, it would really test his team selection for sure. Yeah, I think I think it's it's something I don't envy uh, of Tuchel. That's for sure. I mean, like having having so many quality players, and then they've got such a great youth academy too. You've got all these young kids wanting to come in. Like that's why Livermento left because he he thought he wasn't going to get a look in, and it's fair with Reese James and as as P. So I mean, it's fair. It's uh, even, even, um, even well. Kurt Zuma to a Kurt Zuma to a certain extent yeah. as well, Jaden. Yeah, Callagher's yeah. on loan as well. Mm, Gal- Gilmore as well. Yeah. So, I mean, there's it's a lot of there's a lot of uh, potential for for some players to leave, and they just signed a midfielder from Atletico Madrid. So I don't quite get that. Um, all right, boys. So we just mentioned how Chelsea have all this depth, all these players, and they've had a really good transfer season. I've been banging on it for a bit now, but it was so so prominent in this game. Leicester had the worst transfer window ever. Palace dominated the crap out of them. 
like they were very unfortunate to go two 0 down um, in that first half. Like they 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 just imploded. Honestly, it was really really bad. And and you know Vieira's got got to get some credit here because he's had a couple. He's tried to go for a couple jobs in the Premier League. He's been knocked back. Crystal Palace took a chance on him after losing such a, a mainstay in Roy Hodgson. And he's they played really really good footy. Like way better than Leicester. They dominated him from start to finish. And Leicester, like, tried to get out. They tried to, like, good on Brendan Rodgers. He even tried to change things up. But Palace were just too dominant. Way yeah, too I, don't, I don't know if I call it a draw or a win here for, um, for Crystal Palace, but um, they definitely did well with Crystal Palace, please. Um, it's the same again from Leicester in this game. They, they're just sitting back and waiting for the ball to, like, to get the ball and then they just send Vardy. I don't know what... Brendan Rodgers is doing if he wants just to have that counter attack, or but but it seems like Vardy's just like alone. He's just he's just isolated. He has no one to play it to. There's no creativity up front. They don't keep the ball. It's just really disjointed in Leicester at the moment. Well, he well he had Ian Acho up front with him. He started two up front. So I mean, yeah, like, he, I mean, I I get what you're saying because Ian Acho was dropping a bit to help out defensively, but it's it's tough because I mean. Brendan Rodgers did actually he, he benched Madison, he benched all, all Brighton. Um he started Chadhuri, I think that's how you pronounce his name in the midfield, alongside Tielemans. Um so I mean it, it was a different lineup and I, I gotta commend him for it, but it just backfired in the end. Like I know they got the two goals early on, but Harvey Barnes was wasn't that great. I mean he had a good good assist for the first goal. Second goal, sorry. Um but I just think they're going stale and they lack fresh blood. Like, Vardy's only getting older. He's, what, 35 now? He doesn't look himself. Yeah, I actually want to say, um, before you said that, Jade, about Vardy, I was actually going to say that um, I tend to agree with Dylan. Although they started two strikers, I think that Vardy does look isolated at times. However, I think the service that Vardy is getting and that system that he's playing in, I think he's doing exceptionally well to keep up with the pace considering his age. Yeah, no, I, I agree. It's just like he just doesn't look like the same player he is. Yeah. I, I, under, I think that's why Brendan Rodgers has changed the system from what it used to be because you've got a player who was scoring 20-plus and now he's getting older and he's still scoring, but he's not got the same explosive pace that he had. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it definitely takes him a little while to get – I mean, he's still obviously quick, but it's, yeah. it, it just takes him a little while to wind up. I think the problem with Leicester was that, Jaden, you mentioned that um, Rodgers had benched on Brighton and Madison. I think if they had the squad depth and they had a better transfer window, they'd have the players to step in. And I just don't yeah. think that the players he had did the, did the job. Uh, I mean, they were dominant for a good 20 minutes when they scored their two mm. goals. Like, like you, you would only ever see that game going one way. But um, full credit to Vieira and his, his system because, you know, they've gotten results when going behind before. And, you know, back at Selhurst Park, they deserve the point. And Edward could have scored as well. He hit the crossbar. He hit the crossbar. I think he actually scored off that still. Um, I think it, it bounced around and ended up scoring. I'm not 100% there. I think it, I think it bounced yeah, it did. I think it did. at least, and he scored a goal. Um, who had a cracker of a substitute um, appearance, by the way. It, look, Crystal Palace looked great, like, we, like we've been saying. like They look, they look really, really good in, in Vieira's system. I just think that if they want to push on for that European spot, they need to, in January, or if you're going to wait for Eze to come back, because he's still out. He had a great season last year, Ebe, Ebe Eze. Um, but Ayu is horrible. 
He has zero goals in 33 games. And I don't know if you saw some of his end product, but it's worse than the Dharma Traore's. That's how bad it is. Like, I mean, he had a shot and it almost went out for a throw-in and he was on top of the box. Imagine if players were listening to us say they'd be so butthurt. <laughs> he, like, he put in a cross across the face. He had the, if he, if he, in the first half, he could have cut it back to Zaha and Edward and it would have been the easiest goal of his life, right? The easiest assist of his life, sorry. Instead... He's crossed it across the face of goal straight into Smichael and then complained that no one attacked the ball when he had two players open. Yeah, Dylan, yeah. I, I um I don't think a Premier League player is going to care. And I don't <laughs> and, and, to, and to be quite honest with you, I don't think any of them would be listening, mate. So I think I think you're um you're in the clear. Um but Dylan, I, I want to get your thoughts on on another game, mate. Um, your boys, Brentford West Ham. Brentford look like a genuine mid-table side, mate. They do. They really do. And I actually love it too because they're, they're, oh, it's just so much better than watching United play. <laughs> Even though they scored the goal, like before they scored their goal, it was amazing to watch. They were getting out West Ham. They were really dynamic. It was really good to watch. And then as soon as they scored the goal, I don't know if they don't have that confidence yet to keep pressing and keep going like that. They really did just sit in this deep block and let um, let West Ham attack, which was not the best considering that they have Antonio and Ben Rama, is that his name? Ben yeah, Rama. Ben Rama. He was so yeah. good. Yeah, man. He was getting shot on after shot after shot. They, they would have expected to concede it for sure. But um, as soon as they conceded, they did go back out to wanting that another goal and they got it. It took them until the 90, 94th minute, I think it was. Was it 94th minute? Yeah, 94th. Yeah. Yeah, and they got it. They got the goal. They got the win, and I love it because Jaden had no hopes for this at all. I called it, and I love it. I absolutely love it. You just, you just love them because you love hopping on the bandwagon when a, when it, when a team that's not tipped to go well, but um goes well. But um, I will say, Dylan, that they are very, very impressive. And for me, why they are impressive is that Thomas Frank has so many different ways that they can play. I mean, typically they're setting up with the wing backs, but they sit behind the ball and hit on the counter. They can take the ball out wide and go to goal. They can hold the ball in the middle. They have so many things up their sleeve. And, and I think that's why they beat West Ham is because they sat in that block and West Ham couldn't, couldn't break them down. Um, and, I mean, yeah, it took them to the 94th minute, but I think they deserved it. Yeah, man. And they're so fit too. They're so fit as well. Like Tony's running the whole time. Like he does not stop that guy. And you can just see that they're up for the whole 90 minutes. I get I get that they are running that much. And I hope that they can continue that because just the physical stress could could cause like injuries later in the season. I hope not. That's for sure. Because they're having such a, a fairy tale start. I think that um, Antonio and, and Ben Rama, like... Brentford, yes, they, they sat well, they defended well, but honestly, they deserve to lose this game. If it wasn't for Jose Rea, right, in goals, in t- I'm telling you now, West Ham should have had seven goals. And Jose Rea is the only reason that it was not 7-2. That's the only reason. Now, don't get me wrong. I think Brentford played well, and they, they got the three points, and that's good on them, right? But I think they deserve to lose, and Jose Rea is the only reason that they did not lose. But the only reason why they've conceded so many shots there is because they've gone up and their game plan was obviously to sit back and just take on the attack rack of, um, attacking rack of West Ham. West Ham, I've, I've said it before about West Ham, right? I've said that 
I think that West Ham are going to fall over during this part of the season here. Um, I think they're one of the sides that are struggling with the Europe demand. Um, And like Dylan just said, I think on paper, if you look at it, West Ham had a lot more opportunities because Brentford invited them into that area to defend. Um, And fully get what you're saying, Raya, in goals. But I think Brentford's ability to hold on, and yes, they did get lucky in some moments, but I think Brentford's ability to hold on I and play for the full 95 minutes, I, I truly think – I mean, I'm also happy for them like Dylan, right, because they're this new side. But, yeah, I've, I think they deserve the points as well. But th- that's besides the point. Regardless of their game plan, right, that's like uh, me being like, oh, United going with no game plan. I don't care. Like, that loss shouldn't be on us. You know what I mean? That's – it doesn't make any sense. Yes, they sat back, but that doesn't just that doesn't change the fact that if it wasn't for Jose Reyes in goals, West Ham should have had six goals. That's fair but enough. That's... However, I think, um, I, I, and I'm not too sure about this, but I'm pretty sure Brentford more shots on target than West Ham. Yeah, no, but that's but the the goals that they had, the shots on target that they had, sorry, were good shots on target. They probably should have been saved, regardless of that. Are oh they... well, good good on Jose Reyes then. He's class. He's a class above um, half the other keepers, like in the in the league. Honestly, you mate, you're gonna push back on it, or? Yeah, I was actually. Yeah, uh, <laughs> no. Nah, um, but let's just say Brentford don't concede here, right? Until the 80th minute, or like it's so it's, it saves me a to the 80th minute. They don't sit back in the block. They don't let this pressure. How do you know that? Come on. Because they only sat in the block once they scored their goal. But I think they only sat in the block because West Ham pressed them so well. And I think Thomas Frank adapted and said, well, look, West Ham are on top right now. They're dominating us. We're going to sit back and defend. Well, because... if he said that, then fair play to him because they didn't, they'd only conceded one goal. No, but that's what I mean. But that's on Jose Rea being so good in goals. Because West Ham started to dominate. Like, yes, Renford started phenomenally, right? Brian Embuemo was great. Like... I, I well, read the as well. I read a stat, right? So we we ba- I'll get back to the other point, but we badged on about Embuemo's end product. Since January, he's got ten goals and ten assists in the league. That's championship and this league. So I mean, that's pretty good. That's twenty goal involvements in like what, almost twenty matches at best. That's he's not, cracked. That's he's not absolutely bad, cracked, honestly. He's and we um good. and we're out here, buddy, bashing his bashing his end product the other week, mate. He's, Wait. He could have three goals a game if he could shoot yeah, properly. Yeah, that's true. He he does rush it a bit, but I mean the numbers numbers don't lie. Um, I, I once you explain that, Jaden, I definitely get what you're saying. I think that um, yes, Brentford did well, and I, I think it goes back to what I originally said is with Thomas Frank's ability to change mm. things and have so many different styles of play. Great. Um, and I mean, after about the I think it was the 60, 70th minute, it was absolutely teeming down. Yeah, um, and and that's and that's where you started to see those West Ham players struggle with this demand, and I think it's only going to get worse for them moving forward. I mean, they've got they've got a lot of players in that final third that are quite injury prone. I mean, and Antonio is one of them. So, um, yeah, David Moyes has a has a hard job on his hand in terms of player management. I think over these next couple of months, I agree because it's. Like like every new new coming team, it, it's going to be tough. That's for sure. Um, but a new coming team that, that recently 
sack their manager, despite being four points clear of the relegation zone and have played a good style of footy, Watford lost to your boys' leads, Kemi. I think you actually tipped against them last week and they've actually won. Yeah, I, I don't get this, right? I, <laughs> for, for six weeks, I've said, yep, it's the week. And, and then <laughs> the one week I said, oh, you know what? I've said it, I've said it so much. I'll, I'll just tip a draw and just hope that they get the win. But bloody hell, mate. Um, yeah, I don't really understand that managerial change, Jaden, because you're right. They're hovering above the, above the drop. And, and they started the season relatively well. And they were playing, yeah. a, good, uh, playing a good brand of football. Um, I, I don't know whether it's just a sort of um, backlash decision from the loss or, or how they played because Watford weren't any good in attack against Leeds. So, I mean, it could just be a mutual thing. I, I'm not sure. Well, I've got a stat here for you, boys, right? So Watford have now changed their manager in 2011, 2012, 2013, 2014 three times, 2015, <laughs> 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019 twice, 2020 twice, and now 2021. So for the last 10 years, they have made 15 managerial changes once a season. Is that not insane? <laughs> That's crazy. Oh, you could not get attached as a fan to a manager. You really couldn't because they're gone. Yeah, like, that's, that's an insane stuff. What is that? <laughs> that's actually crazy. I feel bad for those managers too because they have no money to work with either. So it's, no, it's quite a, yeah, it's hard on their end. Um, okay, so boys, with this game, I think we've talked about it quite a bit in the past apps that if Leicester could keep a 90-minute performance, I mean, no, not Leicester, sorry, boys, Leeds. If Leeds could keep man. a 90, yeah, sorry. Both start with L. I'm a bit dyslexic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's L, but they yeah. both start with L. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Now, but um, we were talking about if Leeds could keep a 90-minute performance, they will get the win. And I really think they dominated this whole game and they stayed for the whole 90 minutes and it was really good to watch. They, um, they probably deserved to win by more than one goal too. Stuart Dallas was very wasteful to me. And, I mean, how is that not a penalty on Dan James? He's grabbed him. I don't care if he's come from the side. He has grabbed him and pulled him down. That's a penalty well, any day of the week. He doesn't get fouled. I swear, refs look at the size of him and they're like, nah, it's not a foul, mate. You're just falling over. Yeah, 100%. It's, it's disgusting. And we know that as United fans. like We've had him for the past two to three three years. And it's just like he, he gets in these dangerous positions and win these, wins these fouls and it's like they don't get given. Yeah, I think, I think you're right, Dylan. I think those smaller players... Um, it's it's very very hard for them, especially with these new rules with, with contact, um, or sorry, new interpretations with contact. Um, look, I think to say Leeds dominated for the whole ninety is a bit of a stretch, but and I'll and I'll say that loud and proud. But, I think um, they did. But um, look, they definitely deserved the three points. Watford didn't really get near them. Um, now, boys, I want I want to move on to a, a game that I was really excited to watch uh, this week: Wolves and Newcastle. Um, Jaden, what did you think of that? I thought that, uh, firstly, we've just moved on. We just talked about Leeds and, and Watford. Your second favourite team that finally got a win, and we talked for like two minutes, mate. I, I expected you to just rant about how good they were for five minutes. I won't lie. I don't want to get ahead of myself, mate. We've, we've um, <laughs> Leeds have still got a, a couple of players out, nursing a few injuries as well. Yeah. Um, 
that yeah, let, let's just see how the next few weeks go, mate. Me, mate. I was fully prepared <laughs> to spend a bit of time on this because you yeah. were like gonna hype them up. No, all right. Um, for Wolves Newcastle, I thought St- Steve Bruce is, is once again showing he's out of his depth as a Premier League manager. He was a great player and a great captain, but he's not going to do anything with this Newcastle side, in my opinion. As for Wolves, they played great. They probably should have had more. Um, Trin Chow with an open goal hits crossbar. But but Huang He Chan, what a finisher. That oh, bloke. Bro, bro angles, he played so good. The angles, are, they're such tidy finishes. Like, there's nothing better than a striker that can get his angles right. Like, can, I just, can I just say real quick, he benched quite a few of his main men. He only left Jimenez up front out of his normal lineup. And that, what's his name? How do you say his name again, Jaden? Um, yeah. Yeah, he played absolutely phenomenal. And he could have even got another assist. Like, um, he, he seen him throw his hands up. Um, he's played a nice little tidy cut back to Jimenez. And um, he, he's missed a pretty easy goal, I reckon. Um, but, yeah, he, he played class. I don't mean to expose you, Dylan. I really don't. Right? But apart from Adama Traore, nine out of the ten players – Nine out of the 11 players, right, that played against Newcastle have started at least five or six games this season. Ruben Neves got left out last season, uh, last game, and so did uh, Trin Chow. But the back three is the same. He brought in Neves to play against Moutinho. Nelson Semedo and Mark yeah, Howell have I, been I, the left backs and right backs. And him and I, said, started... I said they're attacking. I said in they're attacking. No, no, you didn't. Oh, I said I meant that. I meant that. Sorry, buddy. Sorry, buddy. And I think, I um, Dylan. I, I think <laughs> last week. I think last week was probably a better time yeah. to say that anyway, because yeah. um, he did obviously put the put the hammer down. But um, Trinkow back in the lineup. Dylan, as you said, played great. Probably should have had a goal and an yeah. assist. Um, my man of the match was him, and as I thought, it was brilliant. He was involved was. in everything going forward. Um, two assists as well for each hand. Um, mate, he's, he chants a new crowd, crowd favourite after that. Hey, two almost identical goals and great, great finishes. He's, he's, my, Wolves, fa- he's my fan favourite, that's for Wolves sure. Are looking, Wolves are looking so much better. Um, a, a couple of uh, defensive lapses, but they, they, um, they closed out the game well. And, and Newcastle, um, I mean, they lost Willett quite early, which was, which yeah. was a major blow. Um, but... They they look promising in parts, but if it's not Maxi up front, they're really lacking final product. Uh, yeah, the final third product. I mean, yeah, they lost Willick, but the substitute come on and scored a banger. So I mean, it kind of worked out for him. That's definitely. true. Yeah, true. It was a good goal. I mean, it was some some hit. The venom behind that was was incredible. That's for sure. And I mean, like you said, Kemi, I think if if Saint Maxi is not up front and doing everything he can, I just don't think it's going to happen for him. I should take a leaf out of Watford's book and sack Steve Bruce, in my opinion. But, I mean, I don't know what managers are going to want to, to go to Newcastle. Jane, I've got a question for you, mate. Yeah, hit me with it. Okay. Steve Bruce yeah. or on a Solskjaer? Don't make me choose. <laughs> I'd rather Steve Bruce. <laughs> can, I, can I choose Fred? No. No? <laughs> mm. He'd do a better job than both of them, and that's saying something. Yeah. Well, at least Steve Bruce would probably play Donny, so it'd be Steve all right. Bruce at least has a system, so I mean, I've got to go with Steve Bruce, I guess. Well, all he's really, <laughs> all he's really got is um Saint Maximum. That's really all he's got to play out with. I will give him that that Steve Bruce doesn't have uh the options that a lot of other teams do. I'll give him that. 
but despite that, you can still play an expansive round of footy like Everton did without four of their key players. So I think that's just generally down to, to Steve Bruce as a manager. But uh, I think that's enough on that game, boys. So Tottenham bounced back with a win. Harry Kane's troubles are still still continued on. But all in all, it's not a bad win for them against the Aston Villa side that's been pretty, pretty good. It was a good win, I think. Uh, they dominated. They played pretty well. Aston Villa definitely did hit them on the break like they normally do, pressed well. But I think that Tottenham deserved the three points. Yeah, I think that um, that Aston Villa are, are, is just one of those sides like um, mm. like your Southamptons. They just never seem to go away off the counter, um, and they just seem to always always threaten. And my main point out of this game, Jaden, is you just covered it, is another another game without a goal for Harry Kane. Um, he almost scored from halfway, yeah. catching catching my off his line. But apart from that. Yeah, it's 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 another game without a goal, but I definitely agree with what you're saying. It's it's a they they've sort of picked themselves up mm. from their recent performances. Nuno has done well um, with the eleven this week, um, and and yeah, Tottenham deserved three points. It was it was good for them to be back in the winners' circle. Yeah, it's good for Jaden here too because Oliver Skip played as well. That's they what I mean. That. I was waiting to say Oliver Skip's back in and they win. Yeah, yeah, but I want to touch on this, right? You got you got Harry Kane and Son. They've broken records for the most co- goal contributions between a pair. But since they have been playing together this year, like both of them on the field, neither of them have scored. Yes, Son got an assist for Lucas Moura, even though it went down as an own goal. But they're just not linking up like they usually do. Like it just doesn't look like a normal Tottenham side without him. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, after the the duo that they did have. Um, last year, what they they assisted each other like what forty times in a row almost. It was more than Lampard and and Drogba or something like that. Um, I think that, that it just comes down to the fact that Kane just doesn't want to be there. Like he looks, I'm going to say it again, boys. Weekly, lackluster. He does look lackluster. Um, and I, I just think that like we 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 can only keep saying it every week. Like it, it's just going to get to the point where we've got to. We've got to say, yeah, you've got to sell him in January and strengthen your side. Because while they did get the win here and they played decent footy, I think that Nuno's not going to really be able to assert himself until he does get rid of that that striking hole that is there because Kane doesn't fill it. They really need a strong centre-back too, I reckon, a real dominant leader in the back line. Well, they, they signed Romero in the, the off-season. Um, and, and he played against, uh, played against Villa. He did, and I, I thought he looked decent too, to be honest. Um, yeah. Better than than um, who else was playing alongside Sanchez? Vincent. Yeah, he, yeah, he was playing. Yeah, he better than Sanchez anyway, and he was really, really good for Atalanta last year. So I, I think it's it's surprising it took us this long to see him, honestly. Considering yeah, once they get a bit of consistency, that. once they get a bit of a consistency about that back four or back back three, whatever they decide mm. to play, um, I think yeah, I think we'll notice a change. Uh, just in the consistency of Tottenham's performances as well. Um, but yeah, Jaden, you want to move us on to goal of the week, mate? Mate, I would love to. Uh, so for for goal of the week, I think that um, it's really only two contenders here for me, and they both come from the same game. Set up by the player and scored by the player. For me, I'm going Salah 
assisting Mane because that run before he slipped him in one-on-one and the, the clean finish, like Mane's been out of form a little bit. Mane scoring that goal was pretty the good finish. And and for me, I like tidy finishes. So I, I'm going Mane's goal assisted by Salah. Nice. And and that was a um, – it was a good finish, Jaden. Great finish. Mm. Um, hard spot too. So, uh, well – I'm actually going to go with Sal's goal. And I know that's obviously yeah. quite bittersweet uh, uh, that it happened against my city boys, but um, that's that's a PlayStation goal, that one. Yeah, it's, we had it out. He, he's a freak. It's not very often you see something like that actually end up in a goal. So, yeah, most Sal is my, my goal of the week. This is a bit awkward, boys, because all the goals came from the same game. I'm going to say Phil Foden's goal where he's tucked mm. into that bottom right corner. It's not like a really... It's not a banger like I'd usually go. Like, De Bruyne scored a bit of a banger. Yeah, had a big deflection. But Foden here, he works so hard all game, so dominant. And I really think this goal just shows how classy he is. Well, it was really made by the run from Jesus, and that was just as good a run. Like, he ran through three players before he before he managed it. So, I mean, it was it was a good – it was a really, really good goal like the Salah one that I picked for Mane. Um, all right, we're going we're gonna to get into the tips now, boys. Now, obviously, we have international break. Um, so we'll weigh in a little bit on that after these, but we've got the the game week eight tips real quick. We'll go through them real quick, real real quick. Liverpool Watford, going Liverpool. I think that I, apparently Ranieri is supposed to be the new manager of Watford, so I'm not 100 percent sure, um, but I think that Liverpool will take this away anyway. Yeah, I think it's a no brainer, boys. I'm going. I'm going Liverpool here. You're saying Watford? Yeah, I don't think it's. Um, it's a as obvious, Dylan, as you're saying, it's it's at Vicarage Road, and if if Watford mm-hmm. sign Ranieri, that's that's a that's a new look team out of the back. So um, obviously, I'm gonna I'm gonna go Liverpool as well. But um, yeah, I think that that's gonna be an interesting one, especially if they sign Ranieri. They usually um, do uh, play well against Liverpool too. Yeah, um, Aston Villa Wolves. Oh, I'm I'm thinking Wolves continue this form. I'm going Wolves. I agree. I think I think that. Um... Bruno Large got the team right. Uh, then you got the performance right against Newcastle. Um, obviously, we'd like to see more out of them, but I, I'm going to agree and I'm going to go Wolves as well. Yeah, boys, I'm going to have to go there too with Wolves. Um, if Never starts, it could be even a bonus, a bit of a bonus as well. But they played well without him, but I'm going Wolves. Dylan, mate, what are you on about, bro? Ruben Never started this week. He's he's, no. he's he's living in the um he's living in the week before again. I'm exposed. I'm drinking too I'm many beers. I've had two him. beers before we start. <laughs> oh, sorry, mate. All right. Um, United City, uh, Leicester City, two teams that are under underperforming. Ollie needs a result. Brendan Rodgers needs a result. I'm going to draw. Honestly. Yeah. Oh, this is a big one too. Um, I'm going to get United to win. I keep saying it. I don't like to tip against my team. It. Jaden, you could be right, but I'm going to win for United. Just trying to be realistic, <laughs> honestly. Uh, I think obviously it has you have to wait and see what um what happens out of the international break uh, with England players on duty. But I'm going to go a draw with this one. I think it's both they're both uh, two teams that are struggling for form, and I think the draw a, a draw at King Power is probably the most obvious. Result, uh, City Burnley. I know that Burnley have caused us some issues in the past, but um, I'm going to go with with City for this one. Obviously, back at the Etihad, I think I think we run away with this, Dylan. 
Yeah, well, the boys can defend those set pieces as well. I think um, City take this win. It's it's a tough one to call. Um, like Laporta didn't look very well. Obviously, it's obviously it's not a tough one to call. But Burnley can cause troubles for, for any team that doesn't defend well, set piece uh, set piece as well. Like you said, Dylan. Like obviously, I'm going to go City because I think that they'll win. But I think that Burnley could make this tight if they can they can get their game plan right. Um, all right. Brighton Norwich. Norwich are underperforming. Brighton are overperforming. I think I'm going to go a draw. I, I, I'm hoping Cantwell is going to be back. Not like you'll start him anyway. But I'm just hoping that the, during the week, Farker gets sacked um, and they bring in a new manager and a new system. That's my hope. So I'm going to draw. I'm going to have to go Brighton with this one, boys. They've been fl- the Seagulls have been flying high. I said at the start <laughs> of the season. I've, I've been eating my word every single week after it. Eh? These Seagulls are proving me wrong. I'm going to the Seagulls here, boys. This is, this, is a, um, this is a game with two teams not really being affected too much by international duty. So mm. they're going to get a chance at, at a bit of a break. Um, I am going to go a draw for this one. I know that's it's strange because Brighton have been looking good and they look good against Arsenal. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to go draw. Um, Southampton Leeds, uh, say no more. I think Leeds keep rolling on. I'm going to go Leeds with this. That's a tough oh, one. This is a very tough one. I, sorry, Cammy. Oh, I'm going to have to call a draw. I'm calling a draw here. Leeds have been playing good football. Southampton are really only good at keeping teams out. But I don't feel like Leeds score a goal here. I'm going nil all. In my opinion, and Kemi, you're going to hate me, right? But this is St. Mary's Stadium. I've loved what I've seen out of Southampton in the last three to four weeks, especially after we we hammered him in the first episode. I'm going to go Southampton, but I do think it'll be really, really close. I Like, really, really close. Yeah, it's good. It's good prediction. All right. Dill, your favorite team's up against Chelsea. Right? Brentford, Chelsea. Now, obviously, I'm going to go Chelsea because I think that they're going to have too much quality. Um, I know Brentford have been playing well, but I think that Tuchel's too good of a manager to to get this wrong. Um, like, he has got it wrong in recent weeks, but, like, when they played Liverpool, obviously, they played sort of the same style. Tuchel plays a different style, and I think that Lukaku's going to bully here. Just my opinion. Yeah, I think the Hollywood start finishes here, boys. Um, Chelsea are going to lose here. Brentford have definitely got the win. Really? I don't know if he's taking it or not. <laughs> no, nah. <laughs> nah, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to tip against my boys. I was, um, you, you know, you keep saying that I'm um, the Hollywood start for Brentford, but um, yeah. yeah, yeah, I sort of switched it up and took the piss a bit, but um, nah, I, I reckon, um, I reckon Chelsea win here. That's that's once again, Dylan. You've a roller coaster. Taken on, you've taken us on an absolute roller coaster because yeah, it's fun. You've you've said that the fairy tale ends, but then you've tipped Brentford anyway. <laughs> Um, yeah, well, gonna, it's all about the banter and beers, boys. Got to keep that, that listen going. time up. Um, I'm going to go with Chelsea. I think they're going to be too good. Although uh, I think that Brentford will make it hard for them, just like I did with Liverpool. Um, a tough one, boys. Very tough. This next one, probably the hardest one to pick this in in this game week. Everton West Ham. Uh, I am. Everton have got a two-week period to get their injuries sorted. I'm, I'm going to go Everton. I think it's tough. Uh, it depends on whether Everton get their players back. Like you said, Kimmy, they've got two weeks to get their players back. 
if they don't get Calvert-Lewin, Richarlison, um, Awobi, I think that West Ham don't have Europe. Obviously, a few of their players are going away on international break, but they're still going to get some rest. I think that West Ham might pull this out of the bag. Yeah, good predictions, please. I'm going to have to go a draw of this one. A draw? Yeah. Covering all bases again. One of us has got to be right. All right. All right. Tottenham, Newcastle. Uh, I think Tottenham continue rolling on. I think the Newcastle aren't good enough. They haven't got enough quality. They haven't got a good enough system, a good enough coach. I just think it's... Unless St. Maxi pulls something out of the top drawer and scores four goals, I think it's Tottenham all the way. Yeah, I'm going to go up to agree with you there, Jaden. Tottenham for sure. I think Tottenham as well, but I don't think it's Tottenham for sure. Again, Dylan, I think you're, um, you're really pushing some of these teams up on the pedestals. But, I'm with um, Dill. I think it is a for sure thing. Like, unless St. Max yeah, scores Dill. four. Unless uh, St. scores four. Think the- Look at my past prediction, boys. Look at my history. I am killing it. I am killing it. We need to go and- back and count and um, do, do a bit of a tally up. <clears throat> I reckon think- we do. I think we do. We're in need of it. I think... I think Tottenham take it, but I think Newcastle will make it hard because, like I said, they do look promising in bits and pieces. So, um, have to wait and see. Um, another London derby, uh, Arsenal, Crystal Palace. I think Arsenal get it done against against Palace. It's tough. They looked pretty poor against Brighton, hitting a, a what was it was like a twenty six year low or something like that offensively. Um, and Palace have uh, they haven't looked defensively like that strong. Um, they've imploded quite a bit with a few defensive errors, but I think if they can cut that out for this game only, I think that the Crucial Palace are going to cause that Arsenal defence some problems, uh, especially with the the style of play that um, Vieira has them playing. So I'm going to go with draw. I don't. I think it's yeah. I think it's a draw. Otherwise, it's an Arsenal win. I know you don't like this double chance, Kimmy, but I'm just putting it out there that I think Arsenal have a better chance than Crucial Palace. But I'm going draw. I'm going to have to disagree with you. I reckon, I reckon Crystal Palace take this win, boys. He loves the underdogs, Kenny. I can't. He loves the underdogs. He loves them. Well, against Arsenal, man. Arsenal just drew nil all with Brighton. Yeah, but they had two good performances the week before. Yeah, they did. But they're showing their inconsistency. And Crystal Palace are looking pretty consistent this year. Well, they got the, the inconsistent out of the way with the win, mate. Uh, with the, the draw, sorry, against Brighton. So, I mean, maybe... All right, boys, I think we'll, um, before we close it out, International Week is up, obviously. Uh, there's two big games on. The uh, Nation World Cup semifinals, I think it is. Uh, Nations League, sorry, well, uh, semifinals. You got Spain versus Italy, I think it is. Yeah, Spain versus Italy and Belgium versus France. Where do you see it going, boys? Like the World Cup, uh, the Euro Cup winners are in against Spain, who haven't looked as dominant as they have in the past. Who do you see taking this one out? Uh, I'm, I'll go first here, boys. Um, I'm going to go Italy. I, I think I'm going to have to agree with you, Jaden. Spain haven't really looked apart for these last couple of years. Um, Italy are in flying high form at the moment, mm. and I think they take this win. Yeah, I'm going to go. Um, yeah, it's too, too good. And I think they've got class all over the park, right, yeah. at the moment. And I think they'll roll on from the Euros, and I think, I think Italy will win. I could be wrong. But because there's a lot of quality teams there that you just named Jaden with a lot of yeah. a lot of players coming off um, form as well for clubs. Yeah. So um, I like killing it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to stick stick with the guns. I'm going to I'm going to go with Italy. It's a fair shout because I mean Spain, like 
I have a they have a lot of goalkeeping depth, but defensively and then going forward even like they've started Alvaro, uh, Morata, Gerard Moreno, who's who's been okay for Villarreal, but I mean, I just think that um, Italy are gonna have too much class with Spain. Who who's the Spain manager at the, at the current moment? Does anyone know? Man, I could not tell you. Bro, it's slipping my mind because not yeah. Enrique because he he left a couple couple years ago, didn't he? Before the whole uh, who's the current Sevilla manager, Le Pet Le or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was the um, before that whole scandal with Real Madrid. He was the manager there, and I think it was Luis Enrique before that. That's going to do my head inside. I, I, think, I think it is uh, Luis Enrique. Is it really Luis Enrique I, right now? Yeah, yeah, maybe. I think we're going to have to stick with what I've said. Louis Enrique. You know what, mate? You could be right. Honestly, I have no idea. Um, They change managers too often. All right, boys. Uh, Belgium, France. Now, two teams high on quality. KDB's back from injury. Lukaku's always killing it for Belgium. Always kills it. I'm going to go Belgium only because I think that their midfield... um, is going to just slightly beat out France's. Their defense isn't as good, though. I mean, oh, this is a tough call. I can see this going to extra time. I can see this going to extra time, in all honesty. I think that France have, have a great de- great defense, and I think that the Belgium don't have a great defense. I think that they both have good attacks. So I, I think at the end of the day, it's going to be a draw, extra time, France win. Yeah, well, both teams, again, have players in really high form here. Um, I'm going to have to go with France. It, like, Pogba's on the best form. I know you just touched on the midfield. And Kante's only just come back as well. But um, I think France take this win. Uh, I think France win this comfortably. Really? Comfortably? Yeah. yeah. You don't think that the Belgium have any shot? Um, I, I mean, obviously, Belgium are one of those sides that, I mean, we've said it so many times, but they're – Typically, a typical side that just never go away, especially in attack. Um, uh, yeah, I, I just think France would be too strong. The fish, yeah. Did you see the um, the upsets today, by the way, boys? Bayern lost 2-1 to, to Frankfurt. Real Madrid lost 2-1 to uh, Espanyol. And PSG lost 2-0 to Rennes. And they even yeah. started the Fab 3. Yeah, there were some weird results all around the world this morning. It was It was... I woke up and I looked at my phone and I see this this little graphic and it's like three upsets and I'm like Bayern lost, PSG lost. What is this? Yeah, it's happening everywhere. It's the uh, well, it's, unpredictability it's of world football at the moment, I think. Yeah, it's showing that it's not only affecting these Premier League sides that have like Euro, like Euros, they have the Champions League, they have all these rotations going on. It shows it's happening worldwide and not just in the Prem boys. It is honestly. I think that that's we're in a good spot for footy at the moment. There's a lot of young talent going around that's stepping up, like Sandro Tonali for your Milan, Kemi. They, he was phenomenal this morning. There's a young uh, French midfielder for Monaco. He's killing it. Um, Muziela, Florian Wirtz. You know, you talk about Phil Foden and, and Mason Greenwood and, you know, all these young players in the Prem and it's like Chalabar even for Chelsea. It's, we're in a good spot football-wise, honestly. Yeah, 100%. Um, I think with that, boys, we'll... We better we better wrap this up. Um, I love just it. A, just before we do, um, remember to everyone listening that if you want to be featured in the Q and A episode uh, later in the week, 
get your questions in. Could be yes. football, uh, football related, personal life, uh, group dynamic, like we put on our socials, or anything you want to know. Yeah. Uh, give us some questions to fill the episode in. Yeah, just DM our pages. Just DM our socials um, on Facebook and Instagram. It's pretty easy to find us. So just hit us up there and, and you could find yourself uh, having a question answered on, on the, the pod. I'm keen for it. I'm so keen for it. Or even just drop it in our comment section. It's not, it's yeah, not that, that hard. That's Pretty simple, think, boys. Get amongst it. I think the um, I think the, the questions that we've got already, we've got a fair few yeah. in the inbox, but no, no, one, no one wants to comment. So someone, I know. They're all scared. They're all scared. <laughs> They're all scared. Um, uh, with that, uh, we are three bikes in lockdown. If you haven't worked out already, we have next no idea what we're banging on about. Just ask us who the Spain current <laughs> manager is at the moment. <laughs> uh, we're going to see for some banner and beers. We'll see you next time on the spot.